far as the GA are concerned, in this matter, it's nothing to do with the individual teams. This is to do with the GAA protecting its own rules, protecting its own reputation. Subscribe to the OTB GAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. Football on Off The Ball. With Sky. The Premier League is back. Watch every live game for the rest of the season on Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. I'm prepared to edit them. I can't. Well, do it then. Do it then. What about your start to the game? I was, it wasn't bad, was it? <laughs> Why should be an honest answer be a mistake? How can a modern day manager not have a mobile phone? Why should he? You're welcome along to Thursday's football show. It's Nathan with you this evening. We will check in on the WSL season in a few minutes' time. But right now, I'm delighted to be joined on the line by Republic of Ireland international Connor Harrahan. How are you keeping, Connor? How are you doing? You okay? I'm not too bad. Uh, do you play football manager? No, I don't. I'm afraid. No, I've got two two girls in the house here, and uh, I've got no chance of getting around to that now. Were you a football manager player? Uh, I was back in the day a little bit, yeah, but not for many a year, to be right. fair, no, if I'm being honest. Our uh, our producer, Arthur, uh, recently downloaded the new football manager and he decided, I'll start out as Derby County and it turned out Connor Howerhan was his star player. Everything was going along beautifully and then you got injured and now he's having <laughs> that what's real life and what's football manager. So if he was, when you came on the line, if he was a bit short with you, it's because he's a little bit pissed off that you've destroyed his football manager career. But it, it, it didn't really happen like that. Real life Derby <laughs> County is going really well for you. Yeah, look, it's going, it's going well. I'm really, really enjoying it. Um, look, uh, I suppose we're on a nice run at the minute, um, winning a lot of games and we're trying to close the gap on the top two. But um, in terms of uh, just enjoying the season, playing regularly, it's, um, exactly what I wanted really uh, coming to start of the season and, and boy I signed So you've won five league games in a row put you right back in contention for automatic promotion there's a big FA Cup game coming up against West Ham on Monday night and, and you're in a rich vein of scoring form three goals in your last four matches I think the last time you were on was at Swansea you were in a pretty rich vein of scoring form at that stage as well the last couple of years before arriving at, at Derby and the couple of loan spells when you were at Swansea and then spending a season at Sheffield United you're now at Derby on a, on a permanent basis mm-hmm. how different is life back at a club knowing you're there knowing you're a full time part of the team is there a sense when you're out on loan that you're always sort of looking over your shoulder that you, you might be called back you're you know do you buy a house there or do you commute yeah. how does yeah. all that work yeah look it's, it's it's very very tough I suppose it's the side of football and, and life that people probably don't see as much and aren't kind of maybe um, in, tuned into it uh, look I was at Villa for for five years, what um, came to a stage in the Premier League where I wasn't playing as much, and me being me, wanted to get out on loan and play regularly again. Um, look, so I went to Swansea, and then that was during a lockdown, so I went down to Swansea, and um, there was nothing open or anything like that. I just had my second child, and I was up and down a lot, and it, it was difficult, even though I really, really enjoyed it. We got to a playoff final, um, and look, if I'm being honest, if we if we had won that playoff final, I probably would have stayed permanently because I got on. I loved the area, and loved the manager Steve Cooper. But look, it, it didn't happen, and and we move on. And then obviously the Sheffield United one came about. Um, you know, great club, really really enjoyed it. Probably didn't play as much as I would like, and I was up and down from there again. So, um, the last eighteen months before I signed for Derby has been uh, difficult, but you try to to make the most of the situation as well. How are you with that bit that we don't see with the the long commute, having a 
a young child and uh, I, I know you got married during the summer uh, yeah. a new wife who you know your career professional footballers have to be selfish but there's another side that you go home and you're gone for three four nights you got when you're back home you still got to remain a professional and switched on how are you getting that balance right yeah it's really tough um I suppose. Look, when I when I wasn't playing in Aston Villa, um, and I and I went down to Swansea, we had one child already, and and the second had just come come along, and I was like, look, I ha- I have to go, I have to go to to Swansea and play, and I look back at it now, and I, I I cringe a little bit and think, God, how selfish were you there? My 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 wife had just had our second child, uh, a month into it, it was born, and I'm gone to Swansea for four nights, three nights a week, whatever it may be, and I think uh, that was really really selfish of you, but that's the life that we live, you know. So. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's 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 a difficult one. You try and find the right balance. Sometimes you get it right. Sometimes you don't. But is it hard uh, to play your best football in in that sort of scenario where there is a you know, there's a young child at home, kids get sick, there's always something yeah. happening. You're getting the phone call. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Your wife, she's probably trying not to lay it on too heavy on you as to exactly what's happening. But you know, you probably should be back there, but you just can't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I said, Nathan, it's, it's really difficult. You try, you, you try and push it all to a side a little bit, and you know it's right for your career. Um, but at the same time, in the back of your head, you know, you feel like you should be there, and it's 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 a really fine fine balance, you know. And last year, obviously, Sheffield United, I was doing a similar thing, um, up and down to Sheffield. And uh, look, we since I moved to Villa five six years ago, whatever it is now. Um, we really liked the area. We're really happy on, on where we where we were living, and and we didn't really want to to leave. So we wanted to set up a base here. And my oldest child now was going to school here in September in the, in the area. So this is our base now for the near future. And 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 then um so and then come along uh, Derby came and it's kind of forty five minutes, fifty minutes um to where we're living, and um it was the right move for me really at the time. Is that a is that something you have to get your head around that? when you're looking and listen I'm sure you're going to say now you're very happy at Derby but there were probably other options in different parts of the country that were were there championship offers maybe in different parts yeah. of the country yeah no there was there was yeah that, and that's and that's being genuinely honest mm. but look I'd done 18 months I'd done 6 months at Swansea a year at Sheffield United and I was like right I need to settle down here a little bit even for myself it was tough up and down a lot Um, whether my Form suffered suffered a little bit, possibly last year at Sheffield United. But look, I wasn't in the team a lot anyway. I was kind of in and out, and I was trying to make the most of that um, when I played. And and look, I just wanted to get back to playing regularly and being at a club where I could go and do something and really help the club. Maybe I know I ended up at Derby, kind of rebuild. You know, it's a really really good football club. It, it was on his feet. It found his feet again in the summer, and it was a chance to kind of make a name for myself again and, and, and get the club going and be a part of something and that, that excited me and of course then geographically that suited me as well so it, it you know taking it all into consideration that it, it was bang on really I always got the sense for you a good bit of balance anyways you were someone who had to work your way up right the way through the ranks from you know not getting game time at Sunderland and Ipswich and restarting at Plymouth in League 2 and working your way up at Barnsley in League 1 and mm-hmm. into the Championship and getting promoted with Aston Villa that's that thing of stepping away from Villa and being a Premier League player and the identity of being a, a Premier League player, the, the most famous, the best league in the world. Yeah. Even when you're going out alone, I know you say you want to play football. Is mm-hmm. there a part of you, like, is there a part of you going, Jesus, I, I like being a Premier League footballer. I like. Yeah, look, uh, it, it, it's amazing to, to class yourself as a Premier League footballer. And, and I was fortunate enough to do it for a couple of seasons with Villa. But 
I just wanted to play and that's ultimately what I what, what I wanted personally. I think some players possibly hold on to that title a little bit too long and they need to just kind of just go and play. Whereas that's dropping down to the championship, your career passes before you know it. Like you said, you just gone through my journey there and here I am a couple of days away from my 32nd birthday and I'm like, well, where's that gone? But I can look at myself wholeheartedly and say I made most of the opportunity every single time to try and go play football, wherever that may be. Um, you know, it's what I wanted to do when I set out as a 12, 13 year old lad playing regularly as a professional footballer. And I've I've stayed with that mantle throughout my career, really, which is which I pride myself on. So I had no problem with kind of dropping that ego and dropping down to the championship at the time because I knew that one, it was probably right for my career. And two, uh, I just wanted to play. And do you, if you're in reflective mode, do you look back and say, you know, I got the most out of my talent? Yeah, without a doubt, I can, I can, I can definitely come to peace with with that. You know, uh, whenever the the day is when I hang up my boots, I I made the absolute utmost of my career through my talent, mostly through my mentality, through my work rate, through uh, putting in the hours, dedication, sacrifice, whatever it may be. Um, that's something that. I've prided myself on, like I said, um, that dedication and standards to my career. You know, there's been a lot more talented guys than me over over the course of my career who I may have passed out just through that mentality and dedication. So that's something that I look back on and and kind of say, you know, good on you for doing that. That step up when you made it from the Championship to the Premier League with Villa and you'd had a couple of seasons in the Championship where you were, you know, up there with the very best players in the league. You were a real driving force for Villa. You were scoring a lot of goals. And then it goes up a notch. In the position mm-hmm. that you play in midfield where it's such a technical position and, you know, you watch the speed of these Premier League yeah. games now and yeah, how yeah, little yeah. time you have on the ball. Now that you're a couple of years on and you look back on the performances you had and it was up in, what, 30, 35 performance, uh, games in, in the Premier yeah. League over those couple of years. How do you reflect on on you as a Premier League player? Uh, look, first of all, with huge pride, you know, to say that I got to that league and played there for you know in and out of the Aston Villa team for for two seasons was just amazing. You look, another pride, I suppose, that I take is that never got relegated um, in the couple of seasons I was there. Um, yeah, I was fortunate enough to get to get promoted with such a fantastic club who had big uh, kind of money injections as well when we got to the Premier League that was probably maybe a reason why I kind of fluttered down to the Championship after a couple of seasons because they were spending that much money it just kind of bypassed me a little bit um, and they were going on to the next level but with immense pride you know um, going from League 2 all the way to the Premier League is 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 not an easy journey and to say that you know I've I've mixed it as best I could mm. at, the, at, at that level is, is, is amazing you know some of the games I was you know trying my best don't get me wrong but fell completely out of my depth a little bit without a doubt um, what was but, it but, what, what was the bit of your your I game just think, that maybe you're comfortable with particularly now in, in yeah. League 1 what, what, what are the different parts that actually in the Premier League you thought oh, even, even if I you know even if I get 10% better it's going to be a bit of a struggle yeah look I think when you come up against the, the Man Cities the Liverpools at the time they were the two, top two um, you know they're just their they're, they're physicality their technical ability, how they moved the ball. Um, I remember we played uh, Man City. I started at Senator Park at, at at Villa Park against Manton City and we got beat 6-1. It was an absolute bloodbath. I, I, I barely touched the ball. Um, and, I, and I genuinely mean that. Um, it was, it was, it was, yeah, it was really diff- difficult at times. There was other games, you know, I remember Newcastle, Everton, um, a couple of times, Crystal Palace, where I had really, really good games and we got results out of um, so yeah, it was a it was a bit of a mixed bag, but 
an incredible, incredible experience to have got there. The training sessions, I'm sure you know, you've spoken before about about Jack Grealish and his yeah. brilliance and. We're probably just seeing flourishes of that. Like, do you look at Grealish at, at Manchester City and think, "How is this guy not starting every week?" Or yeah. you, is it like when you think of what you saw him doing on the pitch and at the training pitch, even at the level you know Manchester City are at, are you yeah. still surprised that he's not one of the first names on the team sheet? A little bit. Look, he was that good. There was there were stages when we got to the Premier League where he was literally taking the Mickey out of us in training, um, and it got to a stage where it was getting a little bit silly. He was that good. Um, something I've never seen before um, uh, with the players that I've played with anyway um, so I look at it now and I think like like you, like you just said I was there was no doubt in my mind that I was saying to people he'll succeed there he'll succeed there and look we're seeing flashes of it now which is great but it just shows you the level there's constantly another level um, in, you know at, at Man City at the Liverpools and, and whatever whatever the level may be and it's just uh it's just an incredible level to to have seen firsthand, and like you said, I'm, I've no doubt still that we'll still see the flashes, and hopefully that that flashes become a bit more consistent, and you'll have a successful career at that level as well. Because there's no doubt the talent is there, and and the ability is is absolutely second to none. Was that all natural ability with him? Yeah, yeah, a lot of it was. I think, I think Dean Dean Smith at, at Villa got the got the got the best out of him. Um, you know, showed him that love and and. You know what? What exactly he wanted? Um, that freedom. Uh, it, it was it just just Dean got it right. Managed him really, really well, um, and uh, he just went from strength to strength, really. And to play in a midfield alongside him, like is that is that for you? Keep it simple. Just give it a jack. Yeah. Look, when I when I got promoted from 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 the championship, I was I I was the sitting midfielder, and I had Jack and and, and John McGinn as my two eights. So I think it was. Um, they were the two main men in there and I was just trying to do my little bit, you know, two fantastic players ahead of me, um, you know, originally under Steve Bruce previously. I I was a number eight and then uh, uh, we signed John McGinn and I was like, right, I'm going to have to change my position here a little bit because them two were going to be the nail down number eight. So I became that sitter, adapted my game and that's something that I've done throughout my career, adapted to managers, adapt, adapted to styles. So to make sure I was in, in that team as much as I could. So um, it was an absolute pleasure to get promoted with them two. Um, and them two playing ahead of me because they're both terrific players and terrific guys as well. Yeah, uh, when you've McGinn and Grealish, there's no amount of work you can do in the gym that's getting your glutes to the level of those. <laughs> no chance. No physicality is probably not my finest attribute. But when um, when you have the two of them in front of you, uh, then I get away with it a little bit. Where is your best position? Because at Swansea, I remember you were playing as a number eight as well yeah. for a while, and you were scoring a lot of goals. Uh, but quite often, when we see you now, particularly with Ireland, it's in that sort of more sitting back, you know, keeping it simple, getting it, yeah. uh, getting it to other players uh, for them to be the creative ones. What's the bit where you're you're happiest and you feel you make the most impact? Uh, look, I suppose the, the majority of my caps, to be fair, has been for Ireland as a six. Um, Look, I've really enjoyed playing there. I've probably been a I've probably been a mixture of both. Look, throughout throughout for some reason, I think in my international career, I've kind of been labelled as a six, and and in my club career, I feel like I've been labelled as an eight. I played a lot as an eight for, you know, when I played for Sheffield United, when I played for Swansea, when I played for Aston Villa, um, when I played for Plymouth, when I was at Barnsley, we were more of a four four two, but I was the more the attacking one. Look, I've scored a lot of goals. I feel in my career. Um, look, I'm chasing down hundred goals in my career, so that probably speaks where I'd like to do my work probably higher up the pitch. Um, but look, I suppose I try, like I said, whatever the, the case may be, I try and adapt. If it's that sitter role, I try and learn it. I try and do my best there. 
Um, and I've put some decent performances in there and other performances were not so decent, but that's the same as a number eight as well. So look, um, yeah, I enjoy doing both, but I'd probably be more proactive and productive as a number eight, I suppose, over the course of my club career. Uh, John Giles will be uh, throwing something at the screen right now when we're talking about number eights and number sixes holding <laughs> the midfielders that there's only there's only one type of midfielder is, is that yeah. is that one type of midfielder that uh, he was alongside Billy Bremner uh, 50 years ago for Leeds is, is that type of midfielder gone? Well I think now if you can do all, all, both of it if you can be a six and an eight and both jointing together I think then you become like a Jude Billingham and you're, and you're one of the best out there I mm. think you, you become pigeonholed a little bit Maybe because your strengths are more attacking, or your your strengths is a passer or a defensive side. And I, like I said, I think if you can do all, then you become a top top midfielder. Um, you know, if you said to Kevin De Bruyne, sit in there and be a number six, he probably may struggle, even though to keep the ball for fun. But you know what, I, you know what I'm trying to say. Mm. Um, and if you can kind of, like I said, um, the one out there at the minute who can do everything, and you see people like Roy going on about it all the time, he can do everything: attack, defend, break up play, run forward. Then you've got a hundred million price tag over your head. So. Um, I think that's why now you get pigeonholed in a certain area because managers see strengths and weaknesses in every player. Uh, do you have any relationship with Roy these days? I don't. No, I don't. I don't. No, <laughs> no. That's a that's a long time ago now. It, it was a strange because he brought you from Ips, Ipswich to he brought you to Ipswich from Sunderland. Yeah, he, look, he signed me at Sunderland. He signed me at Ipswich. I met him again along the way with the Ireland international mm. career uh, setup. And look, an incredible, incredible man. Someone I still idolise to this day. Um, you know, feels hugely fortunate that a man of his caliber who had the career that he had signed me twice, gave me more caps with Martin along the way in my international career. And and look, only thanks I've got with, uh, to say to Roy, I suppose, um, you know, because he gave me the opportunity to break through in England. And uh, yeah, still, like I said, I lose him to know, incredible to watch on Sky and amazing to be around the times that I was around him. Um, in my in my footballing career, without a doubt. What do you What do you think he made of you when you were eighteen or nineteen? I just thought he, he probably thought it looked like he wanted to give an opportunity to a fella from Cork first <laughs> and foremost. I think. Let's be honest. Did you Did uh, you feel that at the time? I think he uh, look. I think when I was at Sunderland, especially and Ipswich, there was that little bit of a. I think you remember like a, there was Shane O'Connor uh, from Cork as well, and um, lads, you know that he felt like you know Cork that I'll I'll keep an extra eye on you. I'll make sure you're okay. And he definitely did that with me without a doubt. Um, and, uh, you know, like I said, watching him and I used to go over to Old Trafford when I was younger. My dad was a United fan and to watch Roy and then he signed me a couple of times. It was just fairy tale stuff, really, and nothing but good things to say. Myler likes to believe he's his favourite Cork footballer. <laughs> yeah, of course. Look, I'll give Myler that one. And, uh, <laughs> I won't argue with Myler because he, he's good at an argument, isn't he? So I'll leave him at that one. Yeah, he certainly is. <laughs> uh, so the move to Derby then, uh, obviously when people think of Derby at the moment, it's of the absolute disarray of the yeah. last couple of years off the pitch. Uh, what was the club like when you arrived there? Because there's the footballing side and a lot of focus on Wayne Rooney and we always yeah. thought of Jason Knight, but... Like it's a club that I'd imagine has seen a lot of job losses over the last few years where people are really concerned about their livelihoods, the coaches, yeah. the backroom staff. What sort of atmosphere did you walk into during the summer? Um, to be fair, look, I, I, I walked... Well, the, the only reason why I signed, I suppose, was because the takeover got, got complete or else they weren't allowed to sign players. So I suppose when I, when I first went in there, there was a great buzz around the club because it had been... It, it had, you know, everyone knew it, it had been saved because we were allowed to sign players. Um, and then publicly, obviously, it, it got announced that the that the takeover had happened. So there was a great buzz when I signed because you know 
had a terrible 18 months, like you said, lots of jobs, lots of points, uh, relegation. Um, the previous owner put so much money to try and get to the Premier League. It just didn't didn't work. Um, so, yeah, there was, a, there was a really good buzz. Um, but then when you settle into it a little bit, you know that it was really on its feet when, you know, the previous manager had done all the recruitment. He had no scouting network. Um, so it, it, it had it, there was a definitely a shortage of people in jobs, and now that's slowly uh, filtering through with the new manager. He he's um, putting things in place, and um, yeah, it's 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 in a really good place at the minute, and it feels like something's something's brewing. We're heading in the right direction, and it's a, it's a brilliant club to be involved in at the minute. It really is. Obviously, the geography you mentioned was was a factor in going to Derby, but touching on your age and turning thirty two soon, and looking to the future, was it a actually I can be more here than the number six than the midfielder that there's other opportunities for you to grow as a person around the club or do you allow yourself think like that when you're still playing in a bloody hard league in league one yeah I think it was it was look it was a, it was a there was a lot of factors I think look I, I felt like I could go there be a main man um, enjoy my football um, you know enjoy being a part of something you know that that excites me I suppose I was looking for you know I'd gone through the leagues I was look I, I could have easily signed for a championship club and just you know, finished mid-table, I thought, right, what do I want to achieve in my last couple of years or wh- however long it may be? And it it, it was, it, it ticked the right boxes, really. And um, look, I'm playing regularly. That's something that I wanted to do that I'd missed over the last kind of 12 months. And um, I'm making an impact on games as well, which is which is always pleasing. What do you mean being the main man? Is that is that being the guy in the dressing room and given the, be- the motivational speeches beforehand? Is it, no. is it being a quiet leader? What like what, no. what, what sort of, of presence are you around the place? I think just first and foremost, like a, a really a really good guy, um, someone that prides himself on standards and doing the right things. There's a lot of young lads in the dressing room. Um, you know, they signed a few older lads like myself, David McGoldrick, as you'd know, um, James Collins, as you'd know, um, people who had kind of been around the block with experience um, to try and guide some of the younger lads. Um, so, yeah, I just think, you know, I think a main man's probably just a, a, a phrase, I suppose, but being mm. one of the... The, the the figureheads in the dressing room playing a lot of games trying to trying to drag the the club in the right direction um, which I'm really really enjoying and selfishly as well it means that like you said you've touched on I'm around the, the kids a little bit more I do a little bit of coaching at, at, at night times in the, in the area which I really enjoy so um, it's just been a really good season so far and hopefully the second half of the season now we can we can do what we all wanted to do and get the club back to the championship because it's a big big club you know there was 30,000 on Saturday at home at Pride Park we brought four and a half thousand people to to, to Port Vale on, on Tuesday night, so the dim numbers will speak volumes, really. Yeah, it is crazy when you look at that League One, and I know Plymouth are top at the moment, but you've Sheffield Wednesday and Ipswich, Derby, Bolton, Barnsley, all these teams that have yeah. been in the Premier League that still are getting huge crowds yeah. of over 20, 25,000. Yeah, yeah, you uh, and we, Charlton. We, we do you know. a bit of a look at League One at times still in Ireland and go, well, you know, where does that compare to the, the League yeah. of Ireland right now? And, you know, we could get into standards-wise where it compares, but in terms of the interest levels in the crowd, it is yeah, yeah, it's yeah. remarkable. It's, that, yeah, yeah, it really is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, it's, 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 it's like you said, Portsmouth, you've got Charlton's. Um, Peterborough's, you know, who've been around the block at this level as well. It's, it's, um, you know, Plymouth that I know well. It's, um, you know, Derby, Sheffield Wednesday, Ipswich are top half easy championship sides, you know, so um, that are one of them ambition, uh, you know, one and then clubs' ambitions is then to get to the Premier League. But look, the reality is, uh, them clubs are have been run not great over the years, and um, you find yourself where you find yourself, and you try and get back there, and hopefully, I'll be a part of the history of Derby really in the near future. 
How do you find relating to those younger players, guys who are 18, 19, who are starting out in their journey? It, it does feel like, like the world is a very different place for an 18, 19-year-old man right now than it was when yeah. you were starting out. Yeah, I think, look, I think um, the younger lads now coming through are, are different. Um, they need a lot of love. They need a lot of, um, I think, the kind of the hardship and the, the, you know, being too hard on young lads now, them days are kind of gone. I do feel that, the world is a little bit soft, I suppose, um, this day and age, in my opinion. Um, so you need to adapt to the to the way the world is. And like I said, the, they're a little bit more um, fragile, let's say, um, younger people now. So I think that comes with just um, managing in the right way, talking to them, interacting with them. And they they, they like um, the warmth, I, I suppose, of, mm. of managers and older lads. And it's something that I'm, I'm really, really enjoying, actually, the, the older I get. I, I love giving back to the younger lads and... I feel like they 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 appreciate that from me as well, and it's a it's a two way street, and it, it's really 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 something that I enjoy. Yeah, and really important to learn that now as well before you start off on a coaching journey. That actually, the old school of hard knocks, the way that you were brought up, and actually some tough yeah. love, yeah, it probably isn't going to work for you if you're going into a dressing room in four or five years time as a manager and trying to relate to these players and talk to them. That actually, it's the arm around the shoulder that for most of them now is what they need. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, everyone everyone's a little bit different. You can give that little bit of tough love to a couple, and and you know the the a couple can take it. Speaking to managers, no, I I I I always kind of look at it differently and go right. How would I how would I handle that player? How would I handle maybe he's lost a little bit of form, or right, how would I handle uh, this guy? He's in a good reign of form, so he he keeps it going. Managers kind of premeditate a little bit now. Well, the ones I've spoken to recently, when they'll kind of give that uh, fiery side of the mouse, whether you're winning or losing, they might just think, right, that today is the day that I'm going to give it to them, whether, they're, whether we're winning or losing. It's premeditated. Um, so it's something that I, I, I'm i watching closely um, because it's a journey that I want to go on when I finish. Um, so I'm thinking about the game a little bit differently now rather than the kind of fiery Connor that was maybe there on, on his journey on the way up. Um, that kind of whatever came my way I knocked it out of the way and kept moving forward now I look at it a little bit differently and that just comes with age I suppose you're not an angry young man anymore no that fire I think my <laughs> girls have taken that out of me mostly and then um, and then uh, yeah I suppose it, it, it's the younger people then in the dressing room that 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 uh, you try. I never had you as an angry man. I always thought, you know, watching you play in the middle of the pitch, there was a, there was always a bit of craft uh, about you. There was a lovely technique to I your know, passing. I know, like, I know. You know, you weren't the man crunching into tackles. You just, you know, you let somebody no, else do that I, bit, and you were the, the creative yeah. force. Yeah, but I was, I, I still am driven and, and, and ambitious, and I suppose you know that goes without saying. But the, the ambition and the, the drive and the determination off the field was probably what made my career. I was never crunching into tackles or, or, or the physical side of the game wasn't my thing, but. Mentally inside, I was I was so so driven to try and get to the level that I wanted to get to, um, and that's the fiery side that that people probably don't see of me. I'm more the calm guy on the pitch, um, but inside, you know, I, I'm 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 really really you know the fire is still bright and uh, it's still lighting uh, and it's still very bright, which is which is really important. That shows you that you really care and you want to get yeah. to, to somewhere still now in your life, you know. Yeah, because I'm wary this is almost ending up sounding like a retirement interview where it's nah, anything nah. but, as I say, you're, st- you're still only 31, but like that drive and desire to get from League 2 to get to the Premier League yeah. and then having to make other life choices. I- in a purely footballing sense, 
Like, I, is there a drive and desire to, I want to get back and I, I need to play in the Premier League again before the end of my career? Or is it actually, you know what, I need to be playing football every single week. I need to play as many games as I can over the next four years and then I'll be happy at whatever level that may be. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think it's, uh, look, uh, if I got the back to the Premier League, look, that would be absolutely incredible. Will I or, or won't I? I'm not sure. But that fire and drive is still there without a doubt. I think it's so, so important that that, that fire inside you is, is still, you know, bright and, and, and lighting. But I think over the next few years now, I just really want to play regularly, have an impact on the club that I'm at and let's see where it takes me. I've probably got a little bit more of a, a different look at it now where I was previously to get to the Premier League. It was like, right, whatever gets in my way, I'm I'm going to, I'm going to get it out of my way. Basically. Now it's a little bit different. Um, but I still want to, you know, try and achieve things get promoted this year of course um, hopefully get back into the championship you never know what can happen then and yeah it's um, let's just see over the next couple of years what happens but there's still an ambition and a drive there to to want to achieve things of course Yeah I'm sure there's plenty of ambition and drive as well around the international side and you know looking ahead to Euro 24 and the start of the qualifiers there's a strong Irish contingent at Derby you, you touched on yeah. some of the other old lads there Dave McGoldrick James Collins are there as well mm-hmm. uh, no chance of McGoldrick coming back no, I don't think so. I didn't. I, don't, I think the end days are gone. I had already kind of um, figured that out last year at Chef United. There was a couple of conversations, I suppose, when I first signed. So what's that? It's probably like 18 months ago and it didn't happen then. So it's definitely not happening now, I'm afraid. Uh, Jason Knight is the one we've been following at, at Derby yeah. for, for so long. And there's probably a, a surprise almost that he's still at Derby. And I know he turns 22 as well, over the next few weeks. You would have been aware of him well from Ireland camps. Seeing him in week, out, week in, week out at training, what sort of level of talent are you looking at? Yeah, look, a very, very, very good level of talent, I suppose. Um, look, there was, uh, it was, a, it was a difficult one for Knight, I suppose, at the start of the season. The old manager, um, the previous manager, wanted to play with kind of midfielders uh, in full back areas, um, and he kind of got pushed to right back, which wasn't easy for him because he wanted to show his energy and his and his midfield ability in the middle of the park. Um, but look, seeing him day to day, he's got a he's a terrific, terrific, terrific guy. First and foremost, got real ability, got bags of energy, and um, I think it's really important for him right now that he's playing regularly. First and foremost, clocking up them games, clocking up that experience. He's he's well in, got his foot in the door with the international camp, and um, hopefully have a really strong finish to, to the season with Derby and 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 go from there with Nighty. I think um, I think if he you know jump ship too early. He may be on the bench at clubs. He may be not playing regularly. And I think right now, even though it's a level where he probably doesn't want to be at, he's playing regularly. And, and that's and that's really gold. It's gold dust, you know. So um, I think finishing the season strongly for night is, is really important and go from there come the summer, really. Good for him to have somebody of your experience there as well to give that little bit of advice because I'm sure 21 and he's reading the papers and he's seen online, he's been linked with all sorts of championship clubs and everybody in Ireland mm. feels he should be playing in the Premier League and it's, it's hard not to let that into your system and as you say he could get that move to the Premier League and play once a month whereas actually playing hard men's football in League One long term will probably stand to him. Yeah, it really will. Um, I think when I first came to the club in the summer, speaking to a couple of people who were there long term at Derby, you know, he was kind of the utility man, right back, centre mid, right wing, wherever someone got injured, night he would fill in. I think now more with this manager, he's really nailed down a, a centre midfield position. He won't be moving from that position anytime soon. Um, he's clocking up games in the position where he wants to play. Like you said, he's got his foot well in the door with Ireland. And um, I think these next three or four months of his career will be will be brilliant for him. I really, really do think that. 
on the training ground every day in his position learning and uh, he'll only go from strength to strength um you know hopefully with derby if we got promoted he'll stay if not he'll he may move on whatever it may be but um i think these next like i said three or four months will be will be huge for nighty playing regularly in the center of the park and, and, and doing his thing really you know got his foot two in the door in ireland the what sorry he's got his foot two in the door in ireland yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. you're looking at it yeah yeah exactly exactly yeah he, he does uh he does probably epitomize one of the the issues for i imagine ireland internationals who get to their late 20s early 30s we're always looking for the next big thing we're, yeah. we're never that appreciative of the guys who've been there a few years and who've been going about their business solidly we're always looking for well jason malumby has arrived and josh cullen's yeah, there yeah. and jason knight uh, when you're hearing all that and you're i'm, I'm still here guys uh, you know i'm the guy <laughs> with the experience uh, how does that make you feel Ah, look, it's part and parcel of getting a little bit older, I suppose. Look, you're always looking for that young one who's going to carry you through for the next five, six, seven years. And ultimately, that 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 well, that won't be me. But look, I feel like I'm a really experienced guy in, in, in the squad. Um, you know, probably one of the older guys now, along with Seamus, James McLean, Shane Duffy. I think after that, I'm probably the, the next oldest. So, you know, I just feel like I, I, I'm I'm there in around the squad. Um, of course, want to play when I do play. You know, give my most, like you said, trying to guide these Jason Malumbies, Jason Knights as much as I, as much as I can. Um, you know, bounce off them. What what are they thinking? Are they, you know, they come to me for a little bit of advice. Um, but look, I'm still there, still hungry for it, of course. And uh, any little bit I can play my part. Um, you know, I'll actually do that gladly because it's it's a privilege to be there, and uh, you know, it doesn't last forever. Do you have to have that conversation with Stephen Kenny all the time and say, you know, I, I am happy to be here. I am happy, to, if it needs be, to get the 20 minutes at the end of the match to make an impact, to be a senior figure around the squad, to be the good pro, to show them what it's all about, that, you know, I, I'm happy to have this role in case at times managers might think, well, actually, you know, maybe, you know, those type of players who aren't always in the team might get a bit peed off and you don't want them around the camp. Yeah, I suppose, look... Um Look, when I don't play, obviously there's conversations. Of course, um, the manager's been absolutely a one with me. There's, you know, he's been terrific with me ever since he's he's taken the job. He really, really has. Um, you know, it's uh, it, like I said, it's an honour to be there. Whatever way I can play my part, whether it's on the pitch, off the pitch, you know, I try and help the lads the best as I can. Um, you know, one, being one of the experienced lads now in the camp, you have to carry yourself well. You have to show an example. You have to set that standard for the group. Um, and I feel I really do that the way I carry myself every day when I'm in and around the camp. Um, so yeah, look, if I can get uh, more caps and impact uh, impact the group on the on the pitch, great. Um, and if not, then I'm there for whoever needs me. You know, so um, that's my part probably moving forward. And I'm okay. I'm I'm happy with that. And I, and I really want to achieve something with our. That's something I'm desperate for. Love to 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 qualify for a major tournament and. Whatever that may 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 be, or whatever whatever that takes, then I'm happy to do it. How were you after Armenia? Um, yeah, it's um, it's it's uh, it's it's been a, a difficult one, I suppose. Um, it's it, it, it's I suppose. Look, it, it, in your career, you get ups and downs. Great days, not so great days, and you try and manage them as best you can. Um, but look, it's that was that was an. A, a hard one, I suppose, but look, you um, you try and move on for it and learn from it, and 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 on to the next one, really. Is it is it much more difficult with Ireland because it's look at them? We're uh, as you know, as guilty as anybody. It's so much focus and attention on the team, and every little error is amplified. 
and I guess at Derby you know you can get away with certain things at certain times it means a lot to the people of Derby but I can't imagine all your family are there at every single game they're probably all there yeah. at the Aviva they're, you know I've heard so many stories of late of families sitting in the Aviva and you know fans get excited they you know they um, get abusive they don't really mean it they're annoyed yeah. they're frustrated it, it impacts on an awful lot of people uh, what happens on the pitch and it's probably not quite the same when you're going up meeting your family in the stand after the match you're like Jesus I know it's really difficult yeah Nathan to be fair like it's um, you know your mum and your dad are there every single game that I've played for Ireland if I play great if I don't play then you're going in because you've got a bit of a face and you haven't played then obviously you touch on maybe the, the previous game that I played you go into the players lounge and you've got a face and, you, and it's, it's really difficult you've got friends watching you've got friends there in the players lounge possibly you have to put on a some sort of smile for them Obviously, there's been great times as well mm. where you've gone in after a great result and it's it's one of the best feelings ever, you know, playing for Ireland and going in after such a great result and, and you know, life couldn't be better. So, yeah, it's difficult. It really is um, that Ireland kind of spotlight when you're away with the camp. Obviously, born in bed from court, there's so many people watching, you know, so many people up in the stands. It's 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 a real difficult one, but you try and manage it the best you can. Like I said, it's it's great. It's a, it's the best feeling ever when it goes for you and when it doesn't, it, it, it's tough. But like I said, it's part and parcel of part and parcel of, of the game we do. And mentally, you have to be right to try and um, you know be as best you can, win, lose or draw. Uh, do your parents love it? Like, do they? Do they yeah. still? Yeah, we've, nah, had, we've yeah. had quite a few. Uh, we had Nathan Collins' dad on last year talking about just like the joy of getting to watch his son uh, yeah, become yeah, the yeah. player that he is. Yeah, it's it's incredible. Like you know, they they, they absolutely love us. Um, I think uh, you know, it's one of the proudest moments. Uh, you know, for my mom and dad, I think when they go to the Viva and they watch me play for Ireland and standing there for the national anthem, you know, I get a bit of goosebumps even talking about it. Now it's it's such an incredible feeling. And you know, I've got a, a couple of kids myself now, and even you know, trying to flip it a little bit and thinking, right, you know, if they went on to do something incredible in their life. You try and you know see it from your mom and dad's point of view, and it, it's 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 incredible, really. You know, so yeah, it's um, they absolutely love it, and um, you know, special days. You never know how long it's gonna um, be there for you, because obviously one day it will come to an end. So you try and take the the most of it in, especially when you get that little bit older, and you want everyone to be at the games and stuff. And then when it doesn't go great for you, it's difficult difficult because you go into the players' lounge after, like we just said. But it's um, yeah, it's all part of it, I suppose. And like that night against Armenia maybe summed up a bit of the problem of the last year that just that bit of momentum there's it, it feels like it it was coming it was coming and then to be a setback and then to be another mm. good performance with everyone to get excited and say finally the Stephen Kenny year has kicked on and then to be a little yeah. bit of stumble and everyone's a bit confused as to where yeah. exactly Ireland are a couple of years into Stephen Kenny's reign the general feeling is that it's about results now which is <laughs> an incredibly difficult thing to say when you're playing France yeah, uh, yeah. in the next yeah. game and you've got the Dutch and the Greeks like what's your What's your sense of of where where Ireland are heading into that France game? Look, I think um, it's been you know an up and down one, like you said. Um, but one thing I will say is that look, you've got like you've just said there, people like Nathan Collins, Jason Malumbi's, Jason Knights, you know Josh Collins doing terrifically well at the minute, and I think the squad's in a really really good place. I think there's some you know really good players in the squad now. I know the opposition isn't going to be easy but look we'll give it everything we've got but in terms of quality in the squad we feel like we have it um, so look I think the squad's in a good place really excited there's always a, a big excitement at the start of a new campaign um, which will be the case come March so look um, we'll give it everything we've got of course and um, 
hopefully come the end of it we'll have some success but um yeah look it's it's you judge on results and hopefully the results will be will be right for us over the course of this campaign coming up Evan Ferguson is here to save us all exactly well there's another one that uh you know the last camp that I missed um the previous one um that I didn't make mm. didn't, didn't manage to go to that that was one that you know Evan was there wasn't he and I'd, I'd love to see him firsthand so He's an exciting one, of course, coming up. Nathan Collins, like I've just touched on, two lads absolutely thriving at the minute. So Do you get excited? Like, we're obviously all incredibly excited watching Evan Ferguson at 18 scoring these yeah, goals in the Premier League and the quality of them. Like, you're obviously, you get, you're hoping to play alongside him. Like, are you watching that going, oh, yes. Yeah, without doubt, I want I want as many good lads in the squad and, 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 and terrific players as possible because it means hopefully we'll get more success. So seeing people like Evan and like I touched on Nathan, Josh Cullen thriving at the minute, it's 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 absolutely amazing. It's only going to benefit the squad. So the more good the good players, you know, playing at a top level, Premier League, top of the championship, absolutely happy days because it's it's only going to hopefully get the squad to where we all want to go to and that's a major tournament. So it's absolutely amazing to see. Uh, Connor, you've been brilliant with your time as always. The very best of luck with the rest of the season with Derby uh, and heading into the international window as well. And obviously best of luck on Wednesday night. A little bit of a sample of uh, Premier League quality remember it's very simple just leave one on Declan Rice you're everybody's hero <laughs> no, no worries I'll do my best <laughs> Connor Thanks, great stuff cheers best see you luck. later take care bye bye uh, all our football coverage of course here on Off The Ball is with thanks to Sky all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports BT Sport and Premier Sports Football on Off The Ball with Sky proud partner and supporter of the Republic of Ireland women's national football team this is News Talk.